0: Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. I am Andy Harris and with me as always, my co-host, Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing?
1: A little sad that I didn't get to see AJ smith Sharver in the, uh, what? few hours that he was in Mississippi, but
0: <laughs> you, them's the braids. You had one opportunity, Matt. Why didn't you take it?
1: I know, between rain and Mother's Day dinner, unfortunately, it just didn't work out for that five innings he pitched.
0: Well, I, I had more of an opportunity to see him in Rome, barely, uh, and and didn't make it. Uh, he, he seemed like he pitched on Saturday, and my tickets are usually for Friday, so um, but at least I now have a, another opportunity, maybe, to see him in Gwinnett. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. It, it could happen very quickly.
0: Yeah. Un- unfortunately, not Friday, which is when he's scheduled to start. To bring you all up to date, A.J. smith shaver who started the season in high A Rome, pitched a grand total of three starts before moving up to AA Mississippi and having a grand total of two starts has now been promoted to Triple A Gwinnett. And
1: of those two, Mississippi starts, one was rain shortened at two innings, <laughs> and the other one was five innings. So he pitched a total of seven innings for Mississippi in double A.
0: Yeah, he has a total of 21. Was it 21 innings exactly uh, right now uh, this season? But in those 21 innings, he has a 0.00 ERA. He is the only pitcher with that many innings in minor league baseball that has not allowed an earned run yet. And he has 32 strikeouts in those 21 innings. And his whip ratio for all you fantasy uh, weirdos out there is 0.86.
1: Which is good.
0: That would be very good. You want to get really fun and, you know, see what his FIP is?
1: Eh, have at it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> A.J. Smith saw Chauver's FIP. His total season FIP is 1.70. That seems high.
1: Yeah, that does. <laughs> Especially many strikeouts, even putting together. If you don't put balls in play, then it's kind of hard to do fielding independent pitching.
0: Yeah. So I guess it might be his wa- his walks. I mean, they're not bad by any stretch, but he's averaging three walks per nine, which, you know, is like... For the Take minor that every leagues. day of the week. <laughs> yeah, for the minor leagues, that's amazing. And uh, his strikeouts per nine is thirteen point seven one. So, anyway, he's doing really well. He's going to get really challenged at AAA now. But you know the the question that everybody has right now. Well, there's two questions that everybody has right now. One is how did Baseball America and MLB Pipeline fail to put him on their top 100 list that got updated recently? And the other one is, will he be in Atlanta at some point this year?
1: Yeah, and I guess the third question would be, why now?
0: You know, that is a good question. I have a theory about that, but what do you think?
1: I think it has a lot to do with the Double AA, uh, the, well, the Southern League in particular, their pre-tacked baseballs they're using this season. That let's say uh Smith chavers sticks around for ten starts, gets used to that baseball, gets called up, and has to adjust to a completely different kind of baseball, whether it be at triple A or an m l b so I think the move is let's get him up to triple A, get him used to an m l b type baseball and go from there
0: uh, that is exactly my theory as well, so we are once again, uh, of like mind here. And in at AAA, they're using the same ball as as Major League now. So uh, I think that's exactly what it is. I think they're looking at, very hard at him to play some kind of role in Atlanta at some point this summer.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be in the very, very short term because obviously Jared Schuster's pitching tonight. And I think uh, Mike Soroka, will be seeing him in the not too distant future. Dylan Dodd's still around. So I think those are the three guys in the uh, short term who will be taking up spots. But uh, yeah, I I think the AJ Smith-Shauver timeline has been moved up from whether it be 2024 or later to 2023 at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Before we started recording, I went on Twitter and just asked uh, listeners for, for questions. And of course, AJ Smith-Shauver is the topic du jour. Uh, Skylar Hyde, a friend of the show, uh w- requested a deep dive on a.j smith Shaver uh how did he go from being a kid who was not very good in low a to now in triple a at 20 years old um i, I think i'm going to do a prospect spotlight uh, for the uh, next monday Farmer report on the website and that website would be outfieldflyworld.com um so, uh, every Monday we have a farm report, a written farm report, and occasionally we do a deep dive into a prospect. And it seems like now would be a good time for AJ Smith Shaw.
1: Yeah. Uh, last year in low A, he was, I mean, 19 years old. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 19 years old and low A, uh, and wildness and just uh, inconsistency, it all goes hand in hand. And it was just a learning experience. But you could tell right off the bat, I mean, he has a plus plus fastball, he had a plus plus slider right off the bat, it just matter, okay, can he get these under control, and add a third pitch to the arsenal.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why, despite the stat line being less than spectacular, that a lot of publications had A.J. Smith-Straver as the top Braves prospect, you know, coming into the season, and that was even before he showed out as a fence jumper in spring training, and even before he, you know, decided that this would be a good year to not allow any runs ever right yeah. uh we we didn't have him as number 1 basically because we we didn't have a chance to really see him live and when i tried to look at him uh with the augusta camera and it seemed like he mostly pitched at home he just you can't really get a good look at him it was clear that his stuff is great but i really wanted to see him live which is ironic cuz i still haven't seen him live <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, nobody nobody had this timeline. I mean, nobody's expecting him to get moved up to AAA this quickly. Literally two starts and seven innings in AA. But I think, like like I mentioned earlier about the, the pre tag ball, I think they to some degree they looked at uh, Yuri Perez from the Marlins. I mean, he took on the, the M Braves twice over the last couple of weeks, right before he got called up to, straight to MLB. And it was obvious Perez didn't belong in the Southern League at all. And they just called him straight up rather than bypassing, uh, I mean, bypassing A instead. And I think they've thought, okay, uh, we need to get him out of this league. And, and instead of just moving him to AAA, we'll just go ahead and move him on up and let him learn at the MLB level. And I think the Braves may have taken a look at that. It's like, yeah, we need to do something similar because A.J. Smith-Schalber may learn something from being here, but he's not going to get the full experience and it's not going to really prepare him for MLB. So we need to, we can see, he, he, we see it even in this seven innings that he can at least compete with double a hitters. So I think yeah. that was kind of the thinking behind the quick promotion.
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. A friend of the show, Tim Childers uh, on Twitter asked what color suit will Smith Chauver wear when he accepts his rookie of the year award?
1: Any color he damn well pleases.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, Michael Harris had such a great suit when he accepted his award award that uh, that uh, red, white and blue Braves colors looking suit that he wore with the hat. Oh, my God. That uh, that looked amazing. So when when Smith Shaver wins it this year, um, (laughs) uh, he's going to have to do something special.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna put the same, this little bit out there. I just don't think, for some reason, that he has the same sartorial flair that Michael Harris did.
0: Yeah, well, many most people don't. <laughs> and we had a, we had a couple questions that weren't AJ Smith related, so I'm gonna throw them in here. Um, this is I thought this was interesting. Kate Harrington asked uh, any updates on Darius Vines. Uh, I haven't heard anything. The what we know is that he's on the injured list for um, shoulder inflammation. Uh, that can, you know, that can cover a lot of things, right? I mean,
1: uh, yeah, because I mean, we got Kyle Wright down with shoulder yeah. issues right now. I mean, but the, I guess the good sign he's on—I believe he's on the seven-day IL and not the season-ending IL. So, right. the truth is somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, the Braves are clearly expecting him to pitch. At some point, um, but um, he—it's very. We don't have any insight into extending spring training. He could be ramping up now, as far as we know, but but he may not. He, we might not see him till after the All Star break. So sorry, no updates.
1: No, but I mean, I, I think a lot of people in general just didn't even know about the shoulder inflammation part. All they see is he's on the seven day IL and don't know what's going on. And even we figured, we I mean, found out from. I believe it was Fangraphs ran a top 30 um, prospect list on the Braves, and it was buried pretty deep in there under the uh, Darius Vines entry, who was towards the bottom of the top 30. And it said, oh, yeah, he's out shoulder inflammation. It's like, okay, well, thanks for the news, because we certainly don't get much of anything from inside the house.
0: Nope, they're state secrets. I was trying to think about this one. Um, what are the best players that we've seen in person in the minors, regardless of organization? I, I really tried to think on this one, and I just kept coming back to Ronald Acuna.
1: Well, I, I mean, yeah, I saw him at Mississippi. I mean, I didn't see I, – I saw him probably about three times, I think it was, but um, I didn't see the types of performances that would, like, wow me. I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine. The best prospect I ever saw in person was Daryl Strawberry. Hmm. I saw him play a number of times when he was with the uh, New York Mets organization uh, playing out of Jackson, Mississippi. At the time, I lived in Shreveport, Louisiana, which was uh, home with the Shreveport Captains, which was a Giants Double A team. And they and the Mets Double A team were pretty fierce rivals back then. And they played all the time since they're only about three hours apart in the Texas League. So I saw uh, Daryl uh and I know he had over 30 home runs. That was back when even the very top prospects, they would stay put for an entire season at a level. And I know he hit over 30 home runs that season. I saw him a number of times. So yeah, that was, he's by far, I think the, the best prospect I ever saw in person.
0: Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I never, I didn't start really, you know, grew up in Maryland. There literally wasn't like minor league baseball. I mean, now, now there's a bunch of teams up there, but uh, back then it was like, you know, Delmarva and that was pretty much it. And that's not, not near where I was. So, <laughs> uh, minor league baseball just wasn't a thing, but you know, I went to a lot of Orioles games growing up, but so I didn't really start going to minor league games until I moved down here and started having some disposable income and, you know, kids that I was trying to entertain. Right. So Rome Rome's only about 45 minutes from me. So, uh, we started going there at first with, uh, my oldest son's little league team. And I know with on one of those excursions, you know, we played Rome was playing the 2008 Augusta Green Jackets. Um, and this is, of course, the ramp up toward the Giants having those three World Series championships teams starting in 2010. So the 2008 Green Jackets, um, I saw a uh, pitcher named Madison Bumgartner uh, pitch in Rome, and I saw, um, saw a uh, infielder that everybody was excited for because he was a Rome native by the name of Charlie Culberson. Um, neither one of those I think are as good, a, good as uh, as uh, Ronald Acuna for talking about, you know, best players I ever saw, but uh, in the minor leagues. Um, try, I'm trying to rack my brain for other organizations. I know I was really impressed with Willie Adamas when he was coming through. Um I saw him with Montgomery and then later with Durham when I went to see a, 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 a Gwinnett Braves game. Yeah, I, I think those are probably the, probably the ones I'm thinking about. Of course, we've seen Max Freed. We've seen Mike Soroka. We've seen all the recent prospects that come up and have done really well in the majors.
1: But Even in my case, uh, in Mississippi in the uh, mid-2000s decade where – it was uh, Brian McCann and Jeff Francoeur and, and guys like that came through here, and they were very, very good prospects as well.
0: Yeah, McCann McCann was on the first Brome Braves team that came uh, after they moved from Macon. And I did not see McCann when he was here, and I did not see Freddie Freeman when he was with the club, uh, which I regret. And then that question came from Aaron Cohen. Uh, I think I mistakenly gave Aaron Cohen uh, credit for a comment that was actually done on Twitter last week. Uh, by and the comment was by Aaron Huston. So sorry, Aaron Huston, uh, but Aaron Cohen, we did get your comment for this week. So thank you. We love both of our errands. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. So back to Smith Shaver for just an instant. I was just looking at Fangraphs. So they had it. They had they had him at number one as well. So um, all the main national sites had him at number one. I think I think Battery Power had him at number one as well, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. And I
1: kept waiting to see if he would end up slipping into some uh, top one hundred list, but mm-hmm. um, it just isn't happening. In fact, um, it was a strange story today. Uh, Mob Pipeline. They had a couple of graduations. So they added a couple of players. One of the players they added was uh, Kumar Rocker from the Texas Rangers, and literally within 15 minutes, it was announced he was going to be out for the season with uh, Tommy John surgery.
0: Well, I, I suspect smith shaver unless he just gets blown up in AAA, is going to end up on some top 100 list within a few months here.
1: Yeah, and even if he gets blown up, this is kind of a – I mean, the the – I don't think this is gonna, this version of it's going to happen, but what's going to happen with uh, the Southern League is that they're only going to have this pre-tack ball for the first half of the season, and then they're going back to a normal baseball for the second half. So I'm kind of wondering, let's say he gets blown up at AAA, that they might kind of backslide him back down to AA during the second half of the season. And even if the, even if that something like that happens, he's still 20 years old and something like that happened. It's not, it wouldn't be a huge setback, but obviously it would be a bit disappointing.
0: No, he's he's young for high A. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's, high for, he's high for pretty much every level.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not a problem if he has to slide back. But, you know, but to keep it positive, I don't think he's going to. I mean, I, I, it's just, oh, I
1: don't I don't think so either. I think it's just a matter of how many starts is it going to be. I mean, obviously you don't want to put any specific numbers out there, but let's say it gets four or five starts in and it looks a lot like the previous starts. Uh, you got to start thinking about it. <laughs> But you guys wonder about the traffic that's in front of me. Jared Schuster had a a decent start tonight for the big club, and Dylan Don's still around. And um, our theory about Mike Soroka, um, Alex Anthopoulos verified it in a radio interview today. He said, when we bring up Mike Soroka, it's not going to be for a spot start. It's going to be when we think he can stick around. Right. So if that happens, that'll take up one of those spots left. But they, they definitely need to develop some depth because there's not a whole lot going on right now you have basically three possible possibilities equinet right now so so aj smith shawford can come in and give them a another possibility but they're, they're not in a hurry to get him up here but i mean i think if he has any number starts like he has uh, it won't be long at all
0: yeah um they did add another possibility here and this would be a long shot possibility but they picked they picked up uh derek rodriguez off waivers from the minnesota twins this is um I guess he would be maybe uh, – I mean, he hasn't had a lot of major league success, but it, it's another veteran arm.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- there's room in the rotation, especially at Gwinnett right now. So I think that's um, how they're going to look at it is he, he's another arm. He can make a spot start if needed, but they're not going to depend on him for anything. And I didn't realize he's almost 31 years old. So, I mean, he's been around for a while. I believe uh was it around 2018 or so is when he had the most success he had uh, as a member of the Giants. But – between him and – uh, and I think he's already been placed on the Gwinnett roster. And then they have yep. a, the signing a couple year, uh, months ago – I mean, not months ago, a couple weeks ago with Justice Sheffield, who I don't think is going to be on a roster of anyone's anytime time in the near future. I'm sure they're working with him at, uh, in Florida on things. And they're just trying to build up the depth because right now the depth has been severely tested between all the various assorted injuries at both the major and the minor league level.
0: Yeah, Justice Sheffield feels more like a project – Right. Like th- there's something that maybe could be unlocked there, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be a, a real candidate for really much anything this year. He, I think, I think they're just working to see it's a, you know, a no risk look to see if maybe they can unlock a guy that had was once a top 30 prospect in baseball, not that long ago.
1: Yeah, if you're a former first round pick and you were in the top 100 prospect list at some point and you get let go, uh, Alex Anthopoulos will be taking a look at you. <laughs> he yeah. loves draft pedigree. A lot of times it doesn't work out, obviously, because you're just taking a flyer on somebody. But sometimes those players turn out to be Tyler Madzek or Luke Jackson. So mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, it's not to say this is going to be a total zero, but I mean, it's it's a no risk flyer, and it's those are always going to be worth it.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, and Rodriguez also has an option. So he's someone that they may be looking at for also the, you know, the back end of the, of the bullpen, you know, because eventually Danny Young is going to run out of times that they're going to be able to bring him up and down. I think there's what a five time limit on that now. Yeah. Or there's a, there's a
1: five time limit. And today was the third time he'd been sent down. So He's, he's run out of times quickly and there's not a whole lot of options in that bullpen i mean I, I mean as far as players being able to be option i mean dylan lee has an option you got aj Mender that's got an option but be, uh, nick anderson has one but uh, obviously they won't be using his anytime soon but everybody else you're gonna have to use these kind of il stints kind of like um colin mchugh and Louis litke and who knows who will be next, but I mean, they're, they're having to really do some juggling with that bullpen right now, the way the, uh, the options and the, uh, IL are working.
0: Yeah. Litke uh, just went on a rehab assignment with, uh, Mississippi. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I'm not sure when he's, when he's judged ready to go, what are they going to do?
1: Yeah. And I think the reason they sent him to Mississippi is because they, um, I believe, uh, Rome is on the road this week when Ed's on the road, um, uh, Mississippi's on the road but they're playing in Montgomery so which is relatively so that's close. actually the
0: closest yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so so yeah they uh, sent him there and they'll just, I'm sure he'll just be there for the week and then they'll kind of reevaluate so and they might this might be one of these deals where they what, you can stay on for 20 days on rehab assignment
0: mm-hmm yeah, he's to take the full time.
1: Yeah, and then even and even then they have a I think there's a clause in there where if you need an extra 20 days, you can get that if if needed. So I, th- I think they're just kind of uh, marking time right now with Licky until he's needed. Because as of right now, there's really nowhere to put him in the bullpen.
0: And just I'm looking at guys that aren't on the 25 or 40 man right now that still have options left. Bo Burrows. As an option, so if they ever add him, he could be an up and down guy. Uh, Justice Sheffield, for what it's worth, has has an option. Obviously, Darius Vines and Roderick Munoz are on the forty man and obviously have rosters, but I don't think they're going to yo yo those guys. Uh, Brian Moran, who's been kind of a veteran guy, has options. Ty Tice, who's been pitching really well for Granite, you know, he has options.
1: Excuse me, you did mm-hmm. not say his name correctly.
0: I'm sorry, World Champion uh, Ty Tice. Thank you. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> um, so uh, those are possibilities maybe later on the season. If, uh, if, uh, Danny Young's availability should become curtailed, uh, they could simply DFA him and add one of these other guys.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, the guys who are the most impressive for Gwinnett right now, like Yaxel Rios, who's been very impressive for Gwinnett this season, has no options. <laughs> if they yeah. bring him up, it's going to have to be to stay. So,
0: yeah, they, I, I they suspect if they it. bring him up, if they bring him up, it'll be to replace someone who's hurt.
1: Yeah, let's say let's right. say if uh, Rysel Glacius gets like like if he has a recurrence of his shoulder issues, I think that might be a situation where you would see Rios.
0: Right, and probably stay up for a while.
2: All
1: right, we'll start off in Gwinnett. Um, Gwinnett is making their way through Tennessee for the next couple weeks. They started off in Nashville, and they're working their way to uh, Memphis this week. So um, they've taken on the uh, Memphis Redbirds. Starting rotation didn't really give them a whole lot of help here, but they did uh, just enough. They got a series split, um, so one three, and they lost three. But uh, Dylan Delight, he had a really rough week. He got two starts for the week, and it was they were both just not very good at all. Um, he pitched a total of eight and a third innings and gave up twelve runs with five home runs over the two starts, and showed that. I mean. And One of the things Alex Anthopoulos was talking about in that radio radio interview was momentum, basically, it was um, getting these guys some good starts in a row so they feel better when they come to Atlanta. And with two starts like that, you're not going to be bringing up Dylan Dodd anytime in the near future. I think they want to try to get him a little taste of success before they consider bringing him back. Um, Michael Soroka, his overall numbers don't look good for his start. He gave up three-run homer and gave up those three runs anyway pitched four innings but uh the bad part was he had a rough first inning the good news is he retired 10 out of the last 11 batters that he faced so and and I've seen a lot of people say okay are they is Soroka ready Uh, I don't think he's there yet I mean he's still got some command issues uh obviously what we've talked about before he'll probably do better when he's got better fielding behind him but I think he's still working out the rust and he's still not even throwing a whole lot of pitches. I think they've kind of backed him off to around 75 pitches a start as of right now. So he needs more work. And I think this is not going to be a short-term deal, but one of the guys you talked about uh, Bo Burrows um, gave up two runs over four innings. He's, he's a guy who's uh, doing some pretty decent work. He, He had a good start at Mississippi. He's had a couple of good starts at Gwinnett now. So, um, He's doing some pretty fine work along with uh, staff ace Allen Winans in that Gwinnett rotation. Also, Tanner Gordon, we talked about how bad his first start was for Gwinnett, much like it was in Mississippi before. He improved a good bit. He gave up uh, two runs over four and two-thirds innings on Saturday, although he did give up eight hits. So he had a lot of traffic on the base pass, but he minimized the damage, and that's kind of what he does. I mean, he'll throw strikes, and he'll work on getting himself out of trouble as long as he doesn't give up the long ball. Looking at the uh, bullpen, uh, I talked about Yaxel Rios had a really uh, good week. It got another save. Kyle Wilcox also got a save. And uh, Nick Margovicius, we talked about, I mean, he had some really, really bad outings his first few times out for Gwinnett. But he had a really good uh, appearance this week. Uh, tossed three and a third scoreless innings in relief of Mike Soroka during his start. So between the two of them, they covered just over a set of an innings worth. Roderick Munoz. The, the numbers looked okay that he had two scoreless outings, but he, he he just has all kinds of trouble finding the strike zone. Barely half of his pitches are for strikes, lots of hits, lots of walks, and just he's just barely managing to escape by the skin of his teeth in his uh, outings. All right, uh, moving on to the position players. Uh, Von Grissom made his way back, and this was his first full week in Gwinnett, and he had a really good week. Uh, he went seven for 23 with three doubles and a home run had over nine hundred OPS for the week, so he's off to a good start. Uh Chadwick Trump is in a same situation, although a little less less uh, publicity than what Von Grissom got, but he had a good week as well. Uh went fourth 13 with a double, two home runs and a over twelve hundred OPS for the week. Uh Eli White did pretty well for himself as well, two doubles and a home run and a stolen base. And that was it for the position players and that's it for the Gwinnett stripers.
0: Going back to Gwinnett just a minute, so with Michael Soroka, I w- I was watching a little bit of the that last start, and the thing that occurred to me is that I really want Soroka to do kind of what you know, Spencer Strider had had a moment of clarity not too long ago. He had a had just a an okay start against the Reds, right? Um and he after the game, he said, you know, you know, Kranitz kind of came out and kind of gave him the business and said, what, well, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> He's, and he,
1: and, and slightly and, more uh, <laughs> profane terms.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and basically what Strider was doing was he, he was thinking, I want to try to get, get longer into games. Right. So he was trying to take it a little bit easier. Not, you know, the fastball was like 94 instead of 99. Right. and Reds hitters were hitting it easier, right? And so in an effort to try to stay longer in the games, he, of course, was throwing more pitches. And I I wonder, it feels like in early in games, Soroka kind of starts off, okay, I know I've got a pitch count and I want to stay in this game as long as I can. So it's almost like he's trying to be too fine. And I I wish he would come out and, and really attack hitters and if and if he gets hit, he gets hit. But but I feel like starting out, he's almost like he's he's aiming the ball a little bit. And I don't know if you've seen any of it and and would agree or disagree.
1: Well, bits and pieces. But I think I think you're right to an extent because also what I think happening too, he's getting a lot of trouble in the first inning of these games. And yeah. if he knows he's got a pitch limit, say seventy-five or ninety or whatever. And he's already thirty pitches in after the first inning. He's no he's got a limited time, and he's trying to. I think he's trying to stretch out. Can I get to this from the second to the fifth inning on this forty five pitches I have left?
0: Yeah, I wish he would stop worrying about the pitch count. Maybe, and and I don't. I don't know if that's what's going through his head or not. But yeah. it, it just just watching it. It the in the first inning, it seems like he's trying to be too fine, and he's off the plate, and then he overcorrects, and he gets. He gets in the zone, and then he gets over it. Right? And he's just like, "Oh wait, I'm Michael Soroka. I know how to pitch." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he's and then he's usually fine the rest of the way. And then he because he's not it, really
1: walking anybody. And I mean, mm-hmm. other than, I mean, he of course he gave up a, a home run in this this previous start, but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's getting knocked out of the park on a repeated basis. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of dinks, dunks, uh, base hits. I mean, it's nothing. That's going to make you think, oh, no, he's not anywhere near ready from this aspect. But I think it's just – like you said, I mean, I I think some of it's in his head.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think he'll be up after Memorial Day. That's kind of what I I I don't don't
1: think it's going to be a whole lot longer. I think they're going to just kind of mix and match and fill in until then.
0: Yeah. At some point, you have to look. Right now, the Braves have three starting pitchers. Right, <laughs> yeah.
1: and and how long can Bryce Elder keep putting put, putting on this uh, magic act of his?
0: <laughs> right, uh, uh, you know, n- and nothing, nothing against, nothing against any of these guys. I mean, they they've been pitching. Uh, Charlie Morton's been great. Uh, Strider's been amazing, and Bryce Elder's been been doing phenomenal work. But yeah, there has to be some room for those guys to breathe, and they can't they can't be doing bullpen games. I know a lot of people were complaining about the bullpen games this, this past week. I think bullpen games are not a bad idea. I don't think we manage them particularly well. I think, you know, the, the, whoever is the quote unquote starting pitcher, that game still shouldn't be allowed to face the other lineup more than once. Right. And sure enough, we saw again, Colin McHugh fine for the first time through the order. And then, you know they tried to stretch him out a little bit I don't think you can do that but that aside you're going to destroy your bullpen if you keep doing that
1: yeah I mean I can see it doing it on occasion like the day before an off day and uh, Mm -hmm. things like that where you know everybody's going to get a day of rest afterwards but let's like in tonight for instance you had Jared Schuster going I mean it's fortunate that he went five innings because there was not a whole lot of bullpen arm help behind him because Michael Tonkin and Colin McHugh were still recovering from Sunday because each of them threw around 50 pitches on two days ago. So they were both going to be clearly unavailable. So it's a good thing. Schuster at least gave them some innings to give them a chance to stay in the game. Yep. Uh, Mississippi, um, they were home this week taking on the Chattanooga Lookouts. And it was a really good week for Mississippi. Although there was a lot of issues with uh, the weather. Uh, They had games postponed. They they had rain delays. Um, One game was canceled. And they were squeezing doubleheaders. They still got five out of the uh, six games in. So um, good for them. And of those five games, they won five games. So pretty nice week for Mississippi. Uh, And the starting pitching is what really did it for them this week. In in those five games – they had the uh, starting pitcher. Obviously, we talked about A.J. Smith-Schaufer and his uh, dominant start that he had for Mississippi, but every starter for Mississippi did really well this week. Uh, Scott Blewett gave up just an unearned run over six innings. Luis Avila had five shutout innings in his start. Uh, Domingo Robles in the second game of the doubleheader where A.J. Smith-Schaufer pitched, he uh, just gave up one unearned run over six innings, and he struck out 11, continuing his really fine string of work for Mississippi. And uh, on Sunday, Alan Rangel uh, had a really good start of his own, um, tossed five innings, uh, just gave up one run and struck out 10. That one run on a solo home run was the only earned run given up by a Mississippi starting pitcher this week. Amazing. And then the bullpen did just as well, too. And between both um, the entire pitching staff over five games allowed a total of four earned runs for the week. So the starting rotation had a 0.33 ERA for the week.
0: So what you're saying is that Chattanooga should have looked out for those pitches better.
1: Wah,
0: wah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, the pre-tack ball may have had a little something to do with it. Uh, in the bullpen, uh, Victor Vodnik had a um, he had a really good week. Uh, he's had some really kind of up and down weeks. He'll have two appearances generally during a week and one might be really good and one not so good. But this week he had two good appearances, uh, three scoreless innings and he had two saves for the M uh, Braves. Uh, Alec Barger had a save in his one outing and uh Dezbo Hernandez uh, makes an appearance. He got moved up from Rome to Mississippi this week and he had a, a really good clean inning. Um, Three up, three down, two strikeouts, so I'm um, pretty nice. And it seems like he – I think he's still going to be sticking around with Mississippi this week, so hopefully we'll get another appearance or two out of him there. Uh, as far as the uh, offense goes, it really wasn't a whole lot of offense. They did just enough to win these games, um, a lot of one-run type wins. Cade Bunnell was five for 14. He had a grand slam on Sunday to help uh, win that game. Uh, Cal Conley was five out of 18 with two stolen bases, and he scored seven runs over the week uh Javier Valdez had a really good week he was just he, he was two for six had a double and he had six walks <laughs> he, had, he had a 667 OBP for the week which is pretty good yeah, um yeah Jesse Franklin uh he's they're starting to work him into games more I believe he uh, played in three games for the week um had a double and went in his only hit for the week he went one for 12 um but one good sign is he, he generally has been a strikeout machine. And he only, in this case, he only struck out twice in his 12th plate appearances. So that's pretty good sign from him. Uh, catcher Tyler, Tyler Tolva, he finally um, was activated this week. And he uh, only went 0 for 6 over his two games. But he got a couple of walks and a couple of runs scored. Um, Drew Lugbauer had a, diff, a slightly different Drew Lugbauer type of week. He was 2 for 13. Um, but his hits were a double and a triple. No home runs, though. And he didn't really even strike out that much. So uh, he had a weird line of 154, 421, 385 for the week. <laughs> so a uh, good week for Mississippi. And like I mentioned earlier about the – in the Louis Litke um, – Lucas Litke situation, he's is uh, – they're playing in Montgomery this week against the uh, Montgomery Biscuits.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they work in – you know, right now, I assume Javier Valdez and Tyler Tolley will split uh, 50-50. They had, because of the rain out, they only had five games. So Valdez caught three games, Tolley caught two. I assume that it would probably be 3-3 going forward. They've got, now, obviously for DH, they've got a lot of options, right? So oh, yeah. Um, and I think it, Jesse it,
1: Franklin's going to get a lot of that just because they're trying to kind of gradually work him back into the mix.
0: Right, and and even without that, they've got you know Hudson Potts, they've got um, you know Lane and Stevens, you know the, the the guys that they want to give at bats to. So it'll be interesting to see how they they uh, work all that. At Third base, it's tight, right? Um, you know, Kade Benell looks like it's getting a lot of the work there, but you know, Bo Phillips has not actually been that bad, uh, <laughs> and playing playing a lot of second base too, but it, it, the 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 playing time situation at Mississippi is interesting.
1: Yeah, and Hudson Potts is getting a lot of third base time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in that catching situation, I think about I mean Arden Paps is there, but I mean he, they can I think he only plays about once a week or so. But at some point, uh Adam Sabrowski is <laughs> trying to hit his way out of Rome, and he's going to end up in the mix for Mississippi here. I would think in a not too distant future.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation. I they could. I could see uh, a uh, maybe after the All Star break, Valdez moving up to Gwinnett and Zabrowski moving up to Mississippi, and and I don't I don't know how they backfill that, maybe with Klarno, but but we'll see. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Rome. Uh, Rome had a pretty nice series uh, against Asheville at home they uh, split that series three games, three games, they alternate wins losses. So they're now uh, 15 and 17 and now in third place. Uh, but Winston Salem has a pretty good lead in that division. It's now seven and a half games. Uh, so they are now in Hickory, North Carolina or uh, six games against the crawdads uh, tonight. They are up five to three. So looking good for that one, but um, there you have it. The uh, two, pitchers that uh, I really want to highlight both of them pitched uh, early in the week Hunter Riggins have pitched in an education game special um, was the South Atlantic League pitcher of the week um, as well as the OFR pitcher of the week Uh, five innings no hits and struck out seven this was his uh, only his second start of the season the first one I think for like week two and did not go well, but he's had a string of good relief outings, including a, a nice long one that I saw. And uh, he looks he looks really good, really strong, uh, good, good fastball, pretty good slider. So um, I'm hoping that they keep Riggins in the rotation at for a little while. And then the other star I want to highlight, uh, Tyler Owens. Uh, fourth consecutive start now, so it looks like this is going to be an ongoing thing. Uh, despite spending most of the season last year in the in the Augusta bullpen, he went three no-hit innings himself uh, and only took 41 innings to do it. And then the bullpen did a nice job. Uh, Hayden Harris um, just called up from Augusta after some really good outings. Pitched three at two-thirds scoreless innings over two appearances. Um, August, uh, speaking of Augusta, Rob Griswold was called up a few weeks ago. He is not allowed an earned run yet in all of his innings and notched two saves last week. So uh, he was the closer primarily for Augusta last year and looks like he may be moving into that role for Rome as well. As far as Rome hitters, uh, Kevin Kilpatrick um, had a good week. He, he's he been on a little bit of a power tear. He, he um, didn't get a lot of hits the previous week, but got his first two homers. hit another homer uh, this past week and uh, hit a robust 316 on the week, went six for 19. Uh, had three walks, too, and that allowed him to steal a couple bases. So uh, Kilpatrick, after being on a little bit of a fast start and then kind of went on a slide, seems to be back on an uptick uh Erie Adrianza is down there right now with on a uh, on a uh, uh rehab assignment. I figured he'd be up by now, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but um uh he did a nice job with Rome uh in four games, hit 357 with a double, uh he's knocked in four runs. Um it's kind of silly. He's a major leaguer. I'm not sure what he's doing out there.
1: Uh, it does not look like he was in the lineup for Rome tonight, but I, I don't think it's an out, been announced that he's moved anywhere. So it's, yeah, he's just kind of in limbo right now.
0: Adam Zabrowski, guess what happened?
1: He got hits, lots of them.
0: No, but he did homer. <laughs> <laughs> um, he only got three hits on the week, but one of them was uh, a solo homer. Um yeah, he's he's just been uh, Homer streak all season. Now he's got uh, let's see, he's got six on the season already. Um, he had ten all year last year with uh, with Augusta. So uh, quite the tear he's on. And then in part time role, um, Elizal Stevens, who's been playing basically backing up third base. After, I'm sorry, backing up first base after spending most of his pro career at second base, um, did a nice job, uh, three for 10 with a homer himself. Um, Steven Paulini, and there's your boy, also hit a homer this week. Only got into two games, but went uh, three for six. <laughs> All right, moving on to Augusta. Uh, They also split their series uh, against Charleston, a a team that uh, gave them fits last year. Uh, They are now 15-17 and in fourth place, but in a tighter division, only three and a half games behind uh, co-leaders Kannapolis and Columbia going into play tonight. The story in Augusta continues to be uh, the offense of Ethan Workinger, uh, who... Uh, at least going in tonight, and I haven't checked yet to see if he uh, got a hit tonight. Had a 16 hitting game hitting streak, which is the longest hitting streak in all majors or minor baseball right now. Um, during well, Mas-
1: unfortunately, that came to an end this evening.
0: Oh,
1: oh for five.
0: Well, it was fun. Well, it lasted. Who knows? That might be the highlight of his professional career. But uh, Ethan Workinger, um, just getting it done during that streak, he hit 327 uh, with three homers. So uh, he is. Um, there's that outfield's pretty crowded right now between uh, Workinger and Jared Casanova, who had his own eight-game hitting streak. And then, of course, you got the uh, you got uh, Jeremy. Uh, uh, Saladonio. Yeah. Saladonio. Collins. Yep. Yeah. So he's going to get most of the center field time. So, uh, all that's gotta, gotta work out. And they just brought up, uh, Bryson Worrell as well, who they want to, want to get a good look at as well. Uh, he homered, which was his first professional Homer. Um, also, uh, Andrew Keck, who, uh, was a catcher when they drafted him last year. It looks like they're mostly going to use him at first base now that Makai Backstrom has been released. Um, Keck also got his first professional homer, so congratulations to those two gentlemen. Catching situation was really nice. Uh, Dawson da- uh, Dawson Diamond went uh, three for eleven, and uh, Nick Clarno three for ten. Also want to point out Nick Clarno caught two more base stealers tonight. He is by far uh, the best um, catcher as far as controlling the running game in basically the minors right now with uh, he's holding base runners to a 54% success rate, which considering the new rules and the new base sizes is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say for low way, that, that might translate to like 90% <laughs> higher level.
0: And then finally, Dave McCabe was our OFR position player of the week. Um, he had been struggling a little bit, but hit a home run last Sunday and had some hits, and he continued that good work. Uh, he got 11 hits uh, on the six-game series, which is a ton, including four extra base hits and a home run. So uh, uh, McCabe really um, kind of hitting a stride again after a little bit of a dip. Pitcher for Augusta that really made a difference, Cedric de Grand Prix. Great name, great start last week. Five innings, only allowed two hits and one walk. Uh, Struck out five, uh, didn't allow run. And then tonight, I believe I saw that he became the first Augusta player to get to six innings and also did not allow an earned run. So uh, de Grand Prix really um, making the best of his opportunity now. He seems to be um, encasing himself Thoroughly in the rotation after starting the season as a, as a piggybacker. Yep. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach three scoreless innings. Um, wasn't too efficient, took him 56 pitches to do it, uh, scattering five hits and we walked to, um, but, uh, he pitched around it. Um, it's be interesting what's next for him. Um, Owen Murphy had probably his worst start of the season so far. And it, it wasn't horrible again. It was, uh, you know, just getting through, um, just getting through two innings. He allowed three runs, only two of them were earned and, um, he struck out three. It's just, um, just kind of inefficient basically, but you know, he didn't look terrible or anything like that. Defense on a whole was pretty bad, um, for Augusta, which is not unusual. Uh, unfortunately this year, the defense overall has been a little, a little weird, a little scary, but, um, you know, there's been highlights, but it's not unusual for the low-A level. Still, uh, they allowed five under runs this past week off 12 errors. So that's Oof. even higher than normal. <laughs> uh, Seth Keller did not get a start this week, but he had a four-inning relief appearance uh, piggybacking on against Jorge Bautista. He only allowed one run, struck out five. Um, I'm ready for him to just take one of those starting spots.
1: Yeah, with J.R. Richie being out there's – prime real estate there for somebody to take it if they want it.
0: Yep, Um, Samuel Strickland made the room back down from Rome to Augusta Strickland, you know, a pretty reliable arm for Augusta last season, but uh, you know, just uh, just had a terrible time at high a. So uh, hopefully he will go back to Augusta and get right. We'll see if they use him out of the bullpen as they were doing in Rome or if they want to uh, put him back in the rotation. But uh, so Strickland back uh, after starting the season in Rome. And that's it for the affiliates. Uh, Matt, you have anything else?
1: No. Um, pretty eventful week <laughs> as we've had several of those here lately.
0: Yes. We will keep a close eye on uh, AJ smith Shaver see if he inserts himself into the uh, discussion for the Braves rotation. This is, I imagine, going to be the subject of a lot of scrutiny from Braves fans. So uh, don't forget to check us out every week. We will, we will be talking about that, We're talking about Mike Soroka, and all the other prospects as we come up to, believe it or not, trade deadline, which is only, what, uh, 10 weeks away?
1: Yep. And the draft before that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to do something I, I've very, very purposely don't pay attention to the draft until it happens. (laughs) So unfortunately, if you're, if you're coming, looking for um, pre-draft coverage, you're probably not going to find it here. We'll just put that up. Yeah. We have to bring our,
1: we have to bring our ringer in again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we usually do a post-draft show and we bring in uh, Doc Herbert to uh, get us educated on the guys that we just drafted. So um, it, so hopefully we can do that again. We'll we, we'll talk to Doc about that. So um, tune into us every week. Uh, usually recording uh, Monday. I was ill yesterday. So uh, so we recorded today um, turned out well since uh, obviously the uh, A.J. Smith-Shower News broke today.
1: Yep, our show would have been completely outdated, but hey, that's then's the break sometimes. I,
0: I am glad to get food poisoning for the for the good of all.
1: <laughs> Anything for the cause.
0: That's right. All right. Thanks everyone, and have a great week. Have a good one. Non,
2: rien de rien. Non, je ne regrette rien, ni le bien. chagrin, mes plaisirs je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo balayer pour toujours je repars à zéro Beyond.
1: Go back to Rome if you want to.
0: (laughs) 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 Or not. Who am I to judge?